This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Good evening. Welcome to the broadcast. Glad you are with us. I'm going to be joined tonight by historian Bill Federer about the importance of the Second Amendment, which is clearly under assault with the politicization of the sad and tragic murder of 19 elementary students in Texas and two teachers. Bill Federer, author, historian, will join us. We'll also be joined then by John Whitehead, constitutional attorney John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. He's going to talk about, well, why is it we are seeing this drastic increase in school shootings? And then at about the 640 Central Time mark, we'll be joined by Dr. Peter Bregan. Dr. Peter Bregan is often called the conscience of the psychiatric industry and has been one of the most vocal critics of psychiatry and particularly the psychotropic, psychotropic drugs that young people are placed on, which he will tell you about. Many of the school shooters have been on psychotropic drugs. He'll talk about that. He has been an expert testifying in many, many court cases. We've got a big lineup tonight. Mike Liddell is out tonight on business. He um, is in Nashville tonight and uh, on business, and so we're holding down the fort. Tonight in uh, the 7.30 Central Time slot, Brandon House Live comes on, and my guest tonight will be constitutional attorney and a gentleman who's argued successfully in the last few months with a case before the U.S. Supreme Court. I think it was a 9-0 to zero decision on religious liberty and uh, raising the Christian flag at the town hall, Boston Town Hall. Matt Staver will join us. Karen Kingston has new information related to monkeypox in the COVID vaccine. Yes, you heard me right. Monkeypox in the COVID vaccine. She will show you the actual screenshots of the patents tonight, breaking news tonight. And then Leo Holman, did you know that we just had the derailment of two train loads of fertilizer? Hmm. Wow, you got plants burning down, processing plants burning down, fertilizer plants blowing up, and now, ironically, two railroads have seen uh, trains derail carrying fertilizer. We'll get that and more, including an update on what's going on at the WHO. Is it true? that maybe 12 of the 13 amendments that were proposed by the Biden regime for the WHO international treaty have been pulled. We'll get reports on that tonight. Lot to do, let's get right to it. Joining me now is historian Bill Federer. Bill, welcome back to the broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Brandon, great to be with you. Well, Bill, in the face of the tragedy in uh, Texas, uh, it didn't take but minutes for the politicalization of that. Um, I wanna speak to you tonight about the um, threat to the Second Amendment, the importance of the Second Amendment. And then, of course, we have a, a, a video. Logan, if you could find that video of Beto Rourke, uh, he interrupted a press conference today with the governor of Texas, the mayor of that town, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, absolute human trash. He's the one that wants to take your weapons. I mean, he is the epitome of human scum, Beto O'Rourke. And uh, he interrupted that meeting in a political stunt to politicize again the death of those children, I think. Um, there's quite a bit of swearing coming from the podium. Uh, I don't know if we have a version with the swear words taken out, but it's, it shows the frustration level 
of the elected officials up on the platform at Big O'Rourke's political stunt. Logan, let me know when you got that. We'll play it. But he's, again, pushing. This is the same guy that said, blank, yeah, I'm going to take your, your guns, your AR-15s. So uh, speak to us about the importance of the Second Amendment, particularly as we see tyranny coming, the World Health Organization with the Biden regime wanting to decide when there is a, which is really the UN, the WHO, that's really China. Uh, the Second Amendment is more important now than ever that we have a runaway federal government. The federal government has largely become a criminal organization. We saw today that the IRS has now shredded 30 million tax documents. Uh, I talked to my tax attorney and accountant today, and they were telling me of clients they have had to refile stuff because their clients were a part of that 30 million document shredded. So the IRS targeted conservatives, the Tea Party and conservatives through Laura, Laura, Lois Lerner. And then, of course, now this criminal organization is shredded. Not that everybody that works with the IRS is that way, but because I've, I've dealt with some actually nice guys, people that work in the IRS, uh, when we've had help and needed help and things. But I think up at the upper levels, you're dealing with a criminal element. And they've now shredded 30 million documents. So good luck auditing the feds. I mean, good luck auditing the IRS. I don't think they could account for most of their budget. But then they go out and I think carry out criminal activity like shredding official documents. Um, we've also been told by a retired, uh, retired IRS agent uh, from the Memphis area, just retired, said there were 20, as of December, there were 20 trailer loads 20 tractor trailer loads of unopened mail just at the Mid-South branch. Um, we know the IRS has admitted they're years behind now in communications thanks to COVID. We have the FBI run amok. We have the ATF now, as a report from uh, Mike Hammond of Gun Owners America, violating federal law and now keeping a regular gun registry of everyone in America that's purchased guns and what they have. We have a tyrannical government that's running roughshod over us, forcing jabs on us, masking our kids. We now have the National School Board Association wanting, writing a letter in conjunction. It looked like the Biden regime was helping them write it. They actually wanted to use the National Guard and uh, military police to go after parents, moms, concerned about mass mandating and critical race theory and LGBTQ. If there was ever a time for the Second Amendment, it's now. Not to mention the borders open and enemies foreign coming over. Can you comment, please? Yes. Um, well, the first thing is we, our prayers go out to the families of all those who have lost loved ones. And Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to those of a broken heart. And uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 is the God of all comfort. And so we, we pray that the Lord comfort those but it's also important to realize that the most dangerous place for students is the public school. Um, since 2018, there have been 119 school shootings. And so the school is the most dangerous place for students. Now, the federal government has denied funding for armed guards at schools. Uh, the Democrats have stopped every single effort. We've given billions of dollars to Ukraine, but we've given no dollars to the arming of guards in these public schools, these most dangerous war zones for students. And so this is a uh, brings up a, an issue. Is it a hardware problem or is it a software problem? 
In other words, what are these kids being taught in those schools? Uh, they're being taught transgenderism. There's no right, there's no wrong. There's no guidelines. You don't even know if you're a boy or a girl and you can change it every day. There's literally, these kids are being taught there are no guidelines for life. There's no right and wrong. And that uh, uh, what's happened is this lawlessness is being taught to the children and then they're being handed that your life's an accident, that it's evolution, that you have no purpose to your life. You came into this being, into this world with no purpose and you're gonna die and there's gonna be nothing left. It's just emptiness. And so these kids are taught that there's no value to human life. There's no right, there's no wrong. And then we get shocked that they do school shootings. In other words, it's not the gun that's a problem. It's what these kids are being taught that's the problem. So it's a heart, it's a heart problem. Right, so we need to go back and examine, not the guns, we need to examine what are these kids being taught. And I think we need to have get rid of this computer virus, this malware, these corrupted files that are being loaded onto these little kids' brains and go back to every life is sacred because it's made in the image of God. I mean, that is in the declaration, all men are created equal. There is a creator. Uh, Harry S. Truman in his inaugural address said, we believe all men are created equal because we're created in the image of God. Uh, another Democrat president, John F. Kennedy in his inaugural address, 1961, said the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. We need to teach these kids that there is a God, and this God says that every life is valuable because it's made in his image, and that it is wrong to take the life of another person. Let's start with that before we begin to talk about taking guns away from anybody. And of course, you and I both know that in 1980, in the Kentucky law that, of course, because it came from the Supreme Court set federal precedent, 1980, the federal court, Supreme Court, ruled that kids cannot look at Ten Commandments day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, because they may be compelled to follow them even if they don't want to. So we've removed God. Uh, there is no lawgiver. There is no moral law. There is no judgment day. It's what they're being taught. Life has no ultimate meaning. Nihilism, uh, as that's called. Uh, you evolve from algae, you know, pond scum, algae, uh, you know, you're just uh, here by random chance, no purpose, no meaning. And then we wonder why, again, they devalue life. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's tragic, is it not? Yeah, there should be criminal charges brought against those that are writing this curriculum and teaching this curriculum that says there is no God, that there's no right or wrong, that, that there's no borders to life. You can follow your feelings and you can feel like a boy today, girl tomorrow. Well, what if they feel like taking somebody's life? How can you tell them that's wrong? I actually was uh, on a campaign for Congress years ago and I was at a high school and I was talking to some students and they were taught this relativity so, relativity so much that they were even saying that it, it was wrong to say that slavery was wrong. Because, well, for some person, maybe it's okay. How can, I don't want to impose my views that slavery is wrong on somebody else. Uh, they couldn't even say that Hitler killing Jews was wrong. They said, well, you know, that was a different country and a different, I can't impose my views on somebody else. This is nonsense that these kids are being taught in these public schools. They need to go back to prior to 1962 and Madeline Murray O'Hare. Uh, for those not familiar, 
uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare was an atheist. And she, uh, her son is William J. Murray, who's a friend of mine. And he had been raised by this Madeline Murray O'Hare. And he eventually, as an adult, became a Christian and started the Religious Freedom uh, Foundation. So uh, Bill Murray uh, said that he and his mother and a, a, a sister, uh, the mom was so crazy, she wanted to immigrate to Russia. And so she gets them on a ship. This is in, you know, 1960-something. They get on a ship and they go to France and they go to the Russian embassy. And she says, I want to immigrate to Russia. And they said, lady, you're crazy. We're not letting you in. So she takes a ship back and gets off in Baltimore, Maryland. And she's going to put her son in the public school. And she's walking down and looks in the classrooms and see these kids praying and reading the Bible. And so she brings a lawsuit to stop praying and reading in the Bible. And Bill Murray said that the money flooded in, that atheists all around the country were sending her millions of dollars. This was a moneymaker for her. And the Supreme Court had their case. And uh, years ago, I, t I talked to Matt Staver. He says that there was no, there was just the ACLU. There was nobody on our side. Nobody showed up. There, there wasn't any um, you know, Liberty Council no, no or ACLU. No pushback, huh? No, pu zero pushback. All these churches had been teaching themselves not to get involved for so long that they just passed it. They just took God out. And then the next year they took Bible reading out. And guess what? David Barton did an excellent study that from that year on, crime in schools increased and increased and increased. It went from chewing gum and running in the hallway to raping in the bathrooms and killings, right? It's, it's, it's empirical. It's testable. It's proven. You take God out and there's no accountability. There's no right. There's no wrong. And there's, and no wonder crime's going up. It's a software problem, not a hardware problem. All these people that say, take away the guns, they need to have that same enthusiasm for take away this teaching. Now, I think that homeschooling is an even better answer. And after COVID, where the students were taking uh, courses online and the parents got to look over the student's shoulder and see this twisted stuff that these kids are being taught, this critical race theory that because of the color of your skin, you're a good person or a bad person, that's totally contrary even to Martin Luther King Jr who says that uh, he could look forward to the day where the, the students were judged on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Mm. And, and so uh, parents began to say, we're, we're not gonna put our kids into this. And they began to take their kids out and there is a an explosion of homeschooling. And I get the privilege of speaking at homeschool conventions around the country and thousands and thousands of people are responding. The most dangerous place for students in America is the public school. And parents are saying, why do I have to subject my kids to this uh, anti-biblical teaching and risk their lives? Uh, let's teach them at home. Yeah, absolutely. Where's the school security? Where was the school security? I don't think this school had a school resource officer. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Let me ask you in closing, let's transition. I, wanna, I want more history on the Second Amendment. What more can you tell me about the Second Amendment? It goes back to the uh, the King of England and, uh, and and even further back than that, where you had 
in Europe, only kings could own weapons. Uh, the king had his forest and would hunt on his forest and the common people. The, the king needed taxes and would allow his barons to have uh, weapons and they would go out to the peasant farmers and collect the taxes. And uh, so the people <laughs> didn't like that when they founded America and they wanted the individuals to own weapons. And, and you know, one quote, and there's a lot there, but I, I want to throw this quote in. This is Condoleezza Rice. She is the former Republican Secretary of State, uh, and she is a very articulate black woman. And she grew up in the Democrat-controlled South. Now, for those not familiar, the Democrats push through laws to disarm black people. They were called black codes and uh, the Jim Crow laws. And this was, was terrible. Anyway, she writes this, uh, and she was on The View, Right. This this is March 1st of 2018. And um, Condoleezza Rice says, let me tell you why I'm a defender of the Second Amendment. I was a little girl growing up in Birmingham, Alabama in the late 50s, early 60s. There was no way that Bull Connor, who was a Democrat, and the Birmingham police were going to protect you as a black family. And so when the white knight writers would come through our neighborhood, my father and his friends would take their guns and they go to the head of the neighborhood, it's a little cul-de-sac, and they would fire in the air if anybody came through. I don't think they actually ever hit anything, but they protected the neighborhood. I'm sure if Bull Connor, a Democrat, had known where these guns were, he would have rounded them up, and so I don't favor some things like gun registration. So this is Condoleezza Rice, a black woman, uh, Republican, saying that in the Democrat South, the Democrats wanted to disarm black people. Uh, the, the founding fathers wanted to arm you as a citizen. It's listed in the Declaration of Independence. And if you want to get it real clear, you read the ratification uh, con conventions in the several states, like New Hampshire, where they would say, well, we're ratifying this constitution, uh, but our understanding is that they'll never take away the rights of the individual citizens uh, to own weapons. So this is part of our country's heritage. Uh, here's the Vermont Constitution of 1786, that the people have a right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state. Here's the Rhode Island Constitution, 1790. All men have an equal, natural, and unalienable right to the free exercise of religion, that the people have a right peaceably to assemble, people have a right, freedom of speech, and then they say, and that the people have a right to keep and bear arms. And New York's Constitution, 1777, it says, um, every man who enjoys the protection of society to be prepared to defend it, militia at all times shall be armed. And then it says that if you refuse to be armed, like the Quakers, uh, then you have to pay a, a tax to have somebody be armed in your place. Um, Georgia, uh, they had a 1776 constitution uh, that talks about everybody should be able to take up arms for the preservation of the rights which God has given them. And uh, South Carolina, the same thing. I, I could go through state by state, but this is important for us to understand that our country was designed with a government whose sole purpose was to protect the rights of the citizen. And when you are armed, you get to protect yourself. 
And I don't know why the Democrats don't allow funding for guards at these schools. I don't know. There's some states where the, the fathers of these students were willing to be armed and take turns guarding their children at the school. Well, I, I believe the fatal shot came from a border agent that was off duty. And uh, I understand from reports that a lot of the kids in this school were the children of Border Patrol agents. Have you heard the same thing? Um, I, I, not all. I'm sure you're right. And um, I know several Border Patrol agents and they're patriots and they love our country. And this makes, uh, again, the point so clear that let's trust the fathers. Let's trust the parents. Either let them guard their kids at school or let's change what these kids are being taught in school, or better yet, let's homeschool. Thank you. Bill Federer, his website, AmericanMinute.com. You want to tell us about your book real quick? Sure. Uh, the book is Socialism, the Real History from Plato to the Present, and the subtitle is How the Deep State Capitalizes on Crises to Consolidate Control. And so that's the idea, that, that they, there's a crisis. Instead of them seriously wanting to fix it, they want to capitalize on it to take away your freedoms. Absolutely. Bill Federer, AmericanMinute.com, AmericanMinute.com. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Joining us now is John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute, someone that I have been following uh, for well over 25 years, closer to 30 years now. Uh, I mentioned in a previous broadcast when I interviewed him that uh, the mother and father of a little girl uh, came to me as the education reporter for Michael Reagan in the mid-90s, about 1990 six, somewhere in there. Uh, and the parents came to me as the education reporter for the Michael Reagan show and said, we want to tell you what happened to our little girl and see if you could help bring national attention to it. And 59 little girls in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, were forced to undress down to their underwear and get in line and submit one at a time up on a table to forced pelvic exams at school without their parents' permission or knowledge. After Michael Reagan and I, the son of Ronald Reagan, uh, broke that story, I brought it to Michael after verifying and vetting it. We went live with it several nights in a row, interviewing the mother and father and uh, making big, as much noise as we could about it, big noise. Uh, it got picked up, I think, by the Washington Times pre pretty quick after that. And then we recommended the parents call John Whitehead at the Rutherford Institute. He did, and he took the case to federal court and he won. This is the work of John Whitehead and much, much more. He writes a weekly column at the Rutherford Institute website. He has one out today I want to talk about first and then a few of his other ones. Uh, Mr. Whitehead, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, sir. Great to have you back with us here on uh, the broadcast. Uh, I'm going to go right away to the Rutherford Institute, or just sorry, Rutherford.org. Rutherford.org, folks. Just go to Rutherford.org. You see my computer here? Look at this one, the weekly John Whitehead commentary, mass shootings, the vicious cycle fueled by America's toxic cult of violence. Um, you want to talk to us about this tonight? By the way, he's argued mul multiple cases before the Supreme Court. He's a historian. He's written many, many books. Uh, again, a, a weekly column syndicated. You should check it out at Rutherford.org. But tell us tonight about your article in wake of the tragedy in Texas. Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, our young people in America are in a lot of trouble, uh, ones that I deal with and whatever. And this young man here obviously is in trouble. Uh, 
the children today are watching, some of them say up to seven to eight hours of uh, some kind of screen device, mainly their cell phone, Facebook. Uh, they're, they're playing video games. Some of them are addicted to the video games. And if you look at these video games, I guarantee you this kid was watching some of them or playing them. Uh, they have you kids going into uh, even you know, public institutions and shooting people and blowing people away and all this and that. And that's how they score well, is by killing other people. Uh, this is what is being taught to our children. Uh, and it's being pumped into them. If you go to the movies, it's like I say, I was always surprised at some of the movies I started seeing four or five years ago when I'd go to the movies. And these people would be flying through the air and shooting guns and sliding 70 feet and getting up and walking away. Well, folks, you know, in reality, that doesn't happen. So they're teaching the kids to live in an unreal world. And people don't realize this. The suicide rate among teenagers is really high in this country now, one of the highest ever. So there's something going on with kids across the country, and we need to be dealing with that, primarily families, I'm hoping. The schools are not doing a very good job of it, by the way, to give you uh, – my opinion, as I've seen it, because the kids caught walking out of schools today totally confused about who they are, what they are, their gender. Uh, they don't even, they're not even taught the rights, their rights anymore. I talk to kids and I ask them, what, what's the First Amendment? They look at me like, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm going, wait a minute, you're graduating from high school and you can't tell me what's in the First Amendment at all? And most of them can. And so, we're not doing our kids any favor. We've got to get our act together as parents and local communities. And that's the key. And get this country under control. It's not going to come out of Washington, D.C., or the Biden administration or whatever. Listen, government, shouldn't be, government should not have a capital G in front of it. It shouldn't be government with a capital G. It should be with a small g. But remember, the Constitution starts off like this. We the people do ordain and establish. By what happens? We're establishing this country. We are the government. And I'm telling people, get off of your hindies. Quit watching so much stuff and get out there during the day, especially, and start getting in your communities. Exercise your 10th Amendment rights. The 10th Amendment, what's it say? Local communities uh, can nullify acts of the federal government. There's a lot of things we can do in this country. But if we don't start acting, and that's the key. I mean, people say, how did America get started? It wasn't by people going like this, oh, let's see, what am I going to do now? No, they were out there on the front lines. They got up. They in the Boston Massacre, they were executed. Uh, in the towns in New England, when the British came in, they burned the churches because that's where the patriots met and fought back. They said, we want local government that should rule. I've stood down and out of Washington, D.C. for 40 years. I will say this. It is the most corrupt town I've ever worked in. It's unbelievable. And there was a recent study out of Princeton University and Northwestern University that studied where money in America congregated. It was Washington, D.C. They did a detailed study. And they came to the conclusion that Washington, D.C. is run by 585 billionaires, what we call primarily the deep state. And... I mean, when you have Biden now suggesting that the federal government should move in basically and take over local police and stuff like that, I've always opposed that. We want good local police. What me, most people don't realize is the FBI is coming in training a lot of police now and stuff like that. And the FBI, by the way, is helping some local police stations set up social media profiles. In other words, fake 
social media pages and stuff, and they'll email you. You ask for a friend request, and then when you go into it, they'll search everything you've done and watch you. They're doing that across the country. Really? And uh, it's we've got to get out of this idea that, that the federal government's going to save us. Government's not going to save us. God's going to save us. Let, let me ask you about the FBI real quick. I, I, I had on my website last week, I don't know if I can find it again real quick, but I had on my website last week uh, father in 2017 put out a press release because, here we go, parents catch FBI in plot to force mentally ill son to be right-wing terrorist. Yeah. This is a 2022 article, but they linked back to the press release put out by the father. And the father was saying that that's exactly what they did. The FBI, here's the dad right here. The dad says that the FBI sent an asset to convince his son to be involved in fooling around with a bombing. And the dad's like, look, our kid's schizophrenic. He's got mental issues. Um, we have control over him legally through the courts. And we told them to quit showing up around here and coming around to my house trying to, you know, entrap my son. So I guess part of my question is, how do we know the FBI doesn't put some of these people up to this to, in order to show that, hey, we're necessary. Look at all the problems. You better keep us funded. Better keep us funded. And they're actually the ones funding these crazy killers. Now, how do we know today it's not some other group, some other deep state group that's taking these people that they know are mentally unstable, giving them the means and the wherewithal to do this, the strip. I mean, it's kind of, isn't that what Hitler did when he burned down his own Reichstag? Yep, they set up their own crisis. And the FBI got caught, I mean, several times paying informants $1,000, $100,000, as getting people involved in drugs and stuff like that and in weird cases. So you're dealing with an organization. If you go back to the 1950s, the McCarthy era, when people would say the wrong word, the FBI would show up at people's apartments and investigate them, bring them before committees and try to have them thrown out of the country. Just because what? They were exercising their First Amendment rights to speak out. And that's the key to America, ladies and gentlemen. It is. We have a right to speak, whether you agree with me or not. We need to debate. We need to think. But here's what. You mentioned Hitler. Hitler said, boy, he really noticed something when he first started out in power with all these groups that would gather for rallies and stuff. He says, we can get people in groups in one group, and I can speak to them directly. I can control them. And that's exactly what the federal government wants to do. That's why we need many different governments coming from many different directions, even if they don't agree, and debating and thinking. And that's the key. Debate, free speech makes people think. And you know something? The government doesn't want us to think. The government says they have the truth. You know what the truth is? Anything they want to advertise. So watch out. And they do it through the mainstream media very effectively. You, you mentioned in your article today at Rutherford.org, you mentioned some of the computer games these kids are playing, and you, you wrote something in there that I was shocked by. You mentioned that the military-industrial complex and our, and, and our Pentagon is behind some of these games. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, they've developed them. They've helped develop them. Uh, the NSA, you know, has uh, funded up to 1,800, helped fund up to 1,800 movies in Hollywood. Uh, they learned that a long time ago. That really began in the 19, late 1940s and early 1950s 
when they saw that Hollywood, especially with television and all that, that if they can get involved. Um, uh, it was uh, Carl Bernstein, Bernstein and Woodward, who uh, did an article after they had ousted Nixon. And he said, the great journalist, he said, uh, real detail, a very fine article. I quote it in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People. But he said, I was shocked to see the NSA, CIA, and federal agencies working with CNN and groups like that. He said, we don't have an independent media. It's run by the government, or it's heavily influenced by the government. We don't want the government giving us the news, by the way. We want journalists like you man, out there who are speaking the truth. You have another article you wrote last week, May 18th. Here it is. Get ready to be muzzled. The coming war on so-called hate speech. And, um, you know, we reported this on our Worldview broadcast and quoted your article. Uh, here you have this disinformation board. But we already know that they've said, hey, we're not going to do that. I don't believe it. I think that's a bold-faced lie. This is the same administration, by the way, that said we weren't going to do uh, the giveaway of crack pipe kits. Remember that? We weren't going to do crack pipe kits. Mike Lindell, you know, we're in the Lindell hour right now. Mike's on business in uh, Nashville tonight, and so I'm sitting here by myself. But when, we brought, when I brought that story up to Mike the first time, Mike, of course, with his background, went off on it, rightfully so, and said, are you kidding me? Do you realize what the government's encouraging people to be involved in and do and the consequences to our society and the people themselves? And then after so much outrage, it supposedly got pulled. Well... Free Beacon put out an article a couple weeks ago, and they showed that actually it hasn't been pulled. The Biden regime is funding crack pipe kits, and they showed pictures of them in Washington, Richmond, Virginia, Baltimore, New York. Actually, get, So <laughs> the Biden regime says, oh, we won't do that now. The public said something against it. They actually went ahead and did it anyway. They're lying. Well, we know information. information they're going to go ahead with the Disinformation Governance Board. But we're now hearing of millions and millions of dollars to set up a hate crime group inside the Justice Department to start investigating hate crimes inside the DOJ. Mr. Whitehead? Well, a hate crime to uh, many people in the society that are very politically correct is saying the wrong word or showing up at a school board meeting and objecting to what a school is doing or showing up at a city council meeting. So, and they've been labeled extremists. And most people don't realize this, but uh, under uh, starting with Obama, by the way, the Department of Homeland Security started doing what, what they call threat assessments on all American homes, rating them from green to red. Uh, you get a green score if you're home and you hide, you don't do anything. But if you're active politically or you own a weapon, you get a red. And some people have said, well, the, all the SWAT team raids are seeing, 80,000 annually, by the way. Most people don't realize that, where they're crashing through doors in the middle of night, killing veterans, girls, and stuff like that. And those are mentioned in some articles that we have on our website. Uh, they're just uh, doing whatever they want to do out there today. And the, the problem is, is that there is really no oversight with what we're seeing, and they're not going to provide oversight with that. What the government wants and why they handed out all that militarized equipment, there are uh, communities of 5,000 people with MRAPs, that's tanks on wheels, grenade launchers, all this military equipment. For what reason do they need that? And some cities have gotten rid of them. They've, they've gone to the city councilmen and said, we don't want our police running around with grenade launchers. And 
there are a lot of good local cops that have written to me and talked to me and said, I'm afraid of where we're going, John. One came to me who trained in police academies, and he says, they're training them to be the military now. That's freaky, John. We don't want military-thinking police. Don't you think what they're doing is setting and getting ready? They're militarizing them, training them as military, giving them military hardware, because they're eventually going to flip your local police to being federalized. Exactly, and they're going to be working with the military. There was a training video that came out from the Pentagon that actually predicted by 2029 uh, the country's going to have to be locked down. This is a training video for police, too, watching it and working with local police. That's why they're militarized. uh, George Washington said it best, do not have a standing army on American soil. And that's what he meant, don't have these militarized people running around I mean, we have a military that's all over the world with 180 bases and those things. Why do we need all this stuff in our country where they're running around shooting veterans, arresting veterans that we have defended, by the way? A veteran just emailed about some stuff that he, he didn't like Obama during the Obama administration. Uh, the next day, the police showed up, arrested him, uh, put him in a mental hospital. Why? Because he was... Uh, conspiracy theorists and all that, but because he was writing negative things about the government. We filed a lawsuit and got him out a week. The judge said he shouldn't have been there. 1.5 million people a year, by the way, disappear into mental institutions in America. It's another thing people don't know. Say that again. 1.5? Did you just say 1.5 million? 1.5 million civil commitments, they're called. Yeah, where the police arrive or the National Guard arrest people, they take them away. They've been reported by government officials or whatever. We've had so many cases dealing with that issue. It's really scary. I had a reporter from Los Angeles call when we had our case, one of our cases, and she said, John, there's 80,000 alone in Los Angeles each year. It's worse than you think. And these are things, again, how come CNN's not talking about this? Well, cause, because, again, we've got a prison industrial complex we have a military-industrial complex. Uh, we apparently now have a mental hospital-industrial complex <laughs> where, again, there's a lot of money to be made for warehousing people. Yes, and it's the pharmaceutical industry who's making a lot of money off of it, too, by the way. I found that out by dealing with some of these issues. So, listen, I'm just telling you, folks, and listen to me, because I've written over 30 books on this issue and I've studied it. We, we've got about 10 years, I think, or less before the door closes. Uh, be very, very careful. It's time to act now. Your local communities, you can change the world, but we have to start there and spread out and fight the war uh, peacefully, by the way. And again, the FBI is uh, good at infiltrating groups. Be careful. The people coming into your group that you don't know, better check them out. Wow. Rutherford.org. Rutherford.org. Uh, again, I watch each week for John's articles. He'll write things and, and put out things that, you know, a lot of places just won't write or say. But it, he is the author of how many books, John? 30? Over 30, yeah. And you've argued before the Supreme Court? Many times, yes. Many times. And won many, many cases. And um, you're also friends with our friend Judge Napolitano, aren't you? Yes. I'm very, <laughs> yeah, I know him very well. He, he's a regular here on our show as well, by the way. Way to go. Way to go. Well, we look forward to having you back, as always. Um, I think we've... Uh, We've been texting with your folks there about uh, having a hit from you, 10, 15-minute hit every few weeks because uh, you've always got great stuff. So we look forward to having you back probably in about 10 days or so. 
All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, folks. Hope you'll visit his website, Rutherford.org. Rutherford.org. Check out his books, his columns. He's got a couple of good books out. One of them might shock you, the one about, you know, America under the threat of really a military state. Um, you can go to the bookstore there, find his resources, and uh, read about it. And he also has a podcast, Freedom Under Fire, Freedom Under Fire. So check it out. Also, like I said, just go to uh, Amazon or his website and check out his books. Uh, here's one of them right here, Rise of the American Police State. Rise of the American Police State. Looks like that's a PDF right there. But he's also got a book you can order. So anyway, Rutherford.org. Well, I hope again you guys appreciate what we're doing here. If you don't get it from Lindell TV, where are you going to get this kind of information? Before we go to our next guest, uh, Dr. Peter Bregan, who's often described as the conscience of the uh, psychiatric uh, world. I'm, I'm smiling because I moved my foot and I looked under there to see what it was. And it, it's the black, our little black schnauzer has come up underneath the news desk. I got Delta off to my right and I got a little black schnauzer at my feet. So... Um, Apparently, they like hanging here in a uh, group. Uh, I didn't know she was down there. Fat sound asleep. I wonder what I put my foot on. I was like, what is that? A dog. Uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Peter Bregan is known as the conscience of the psychiatry world, and he's testified many, many times in court about psychotropic drugs in school shootings. We'll talk to him about that. But, but first, if you do appreciate what we're doing, folks, we have to pay the bills here. We have a control room full of people working. We have the bandwidth bill, the streaming bill. It takes a lot to run television. Uh, I gave a tour of our control room to someone the other day, and they're like, holy cow, how much equipment's in here? And I said, well, that machine right there is 5,000. That one right there is 10,000. That one there is 61,000. That piece of equipment right there is 11,000. And that's how expensive it is to do television. And you know what the thing is, folks? We need to buy more. We're running so much between Lindell TV 1 and Lindell TV 2, we actually need to buy about another hundred and $25,000 in equipment to keep up with the demand of all the shows we're producing. How do we buy that equipment? Well, it's when you support us by going to MyPillow.com and use the promo code L77. Go to MyPillow.com, L77, support what we're doing. I was uh, in a store yesterday and a lady heard me talking to, I, don't, I can't remember who I was talking to, someone on our team, and I said, I'll be right back. And uh, let's get ready for the night's newscast. And I hung up and didn't think she was paying attention to what I was saying as she was checking out my stuff. She said, you do a news program. And I told her, and she said, you work with Mike Liddell and Frank Speech? Well, I love that. I love that channel. And she said, I'd let Mike know I bought $600 in stuff at Christmas time. I love what Mike's doing. So we find out a lot of you appreciate what we're doing, and we appreciate you helping us and purchasing those products which are a big part of our general operating budget, MyPillow.com. We have a sale going on right now, buy one, get one free in relation to uh, slippers. Uh, Father's Day's coming up. Those are amazing slippers. I've had a pair for quite some time. I love them. I threw my other slippers out that were not the MyPillow slippers because I was never going to wear them again after wearing the MyPillow slippers. They're that great. You don't know what I'm talking about unless you own them. The lady at the store actually did own a pair for herself, and she agreed. So check it out, MyPillow.com. Use the promo code L77. We do need to hear from you because, again, that is a big part of our general operating budget. A, little, a, generous, a generous portion of each purchase comes back to keep Lindell TV going and growing. So thank you. Joining me now is Dr. Peter Bregan. He is author of the best-selling book, We Are the Prey. Dr. Bregan, welcome back to Lindell TV. 
Hi, hi. The book is COVID nineteen and the and the uh, COVID nineteen and the global predators. Okay. The, the subtitle is "We Are the Prey." It's such a great subtitle. My wife made that people think it's the title. I know we, it probably should have been, but I love the subtitle too. All right. We are the prey is is where you can get the book dot com. You can buy it there. We are the prey dot com. Yeah. Okay. We are the prey dot com. All right. Let's get right to it. Another tragic school shooting yesterday. Um, you are often known as the conscience of the psychiatric practice. Uh, you're not real popular with some of your uh, fellow colleagues because you have been quite um, truthful about how we over-medicate. And many of these school shootings, you have been in court testifying uh, when it comes to many of these school shooters. And you contend that some of these school shooters have actually been triggered due to the psychotropic drugs, correct? Oh, I, th I don't think there's anything about, uh, doubt about it. I was an expert, didn't go to, I been to court in maybe two or three mass shootings, but consulted in more. The um, Eric Harrison Columbine, who was the leader really of the two boys, I was involved in suits surrounding him. And um, he was never known to be really violent. And then he was put on Luvox, which is an antidepressant, very similar to Zoloft, Paxil, and um, so all of those drugs. And he clearly got more and more disturbed while he was on the drug. And then that, uh, he began to get psychotic and paranoid and angry and hostile and to, um, you know, get weapons and uh, make bombs and so on. And all of that happened after he was on the drug. Mm. He took the drug regularly from his prescription records, and he actually had, ironically, what was called a therapeutic level of blood on autopsy. It's kind of ironic that they call it a therapeutic level. In other words, he had an effective level of the drug. As a sidebar to this, which is so interesting, one after another in the liberal media has said that uh, he was not taking any drugs. And uh, USA Today uh, said it uh, doing a review of this story a few years ago. So I sent them the autopsy <laughs> records and they, they wouldn't retract or even respond. So there is a great force within the establishment, the elite, to not admit that these uh, agents created by the pharmaceutical industry and sold so heavily uh, to young people can cause violence. Another case that I had access to the records and was an expert in was the shootings uh, also in Colorado, and this time at the Aurora Theater, and that was at uh, Holmes. And um, he was, unlike uh, the other boy, he was violent before, or in his mind, he was very, very violent, never did anything violent. His doctor knew this, and she stupidly uh, put him on then on Zoloft, and on Zoloft, he became extremely psychotic for the first time that we know of and started collecting weapons and planning the violence. He ran out of Zoloft a, a couple of weeks ahead of time, but by then he was already violent and, and psychotic, and he didn't come out of it. Does it, does it I, change their brain? Oh, my God, yes. Well, all psychoactive substances change your brain. And it doesn't matter whether it's alcohol, tobacco, or marijuana, nicotine, marijuana. Um, and the psych drugs. Uh, 
And none of them are good for the brain. The psych drugs are not good for the brain. The brain treats them as they are, as toxic intrusions. And the only way they're helpful is if you want to experience more blunting of your emotions. Basically, eventually there's sort of a common effect of all psychoactive substances, alcohol, nicotine, all of them, uh, and the psych drugs. And that is they put you out of touch with yourself. They make you less aware of your emotions. Um, but uh, by blunting your emotions, they unleash other controls at times. And, and some of these drugs are noteworthy for call, causing violent uh, and, and impulses. And you, if I remember correctly, I've been, I've been interviewing you for, oh, I don't know, <laughs> 10, 10 years or more, probably more than that, but uh, probably 15. But I remember one interview, you talked about a young teenage boy that, got put on this drug, one of these drugs, had never been violent, got put on the drugs. His father began to see a change in him right away, and they got him off. Do you remember? I mean, you've dealt with so many cases, but do you remember this specific story? No, no, I don't. But um, I've seen that time and again. And of course, I've, <clears throat> I've taken so many people off psychiatric drugs. Everybody I've ever taken off psych drugs has gotten better, not worse. Psych drugs keep you from getting better because they take the edge off the finest tuning of your frontal lobes that affects the expression of your human spirit your soul and it prevents you from working with the things that disturb us and it actually takes an intact brain not a damaged brain to feel a lot of anxiety to feel a lot of loss to feel a lot of depression and sadness it's when you harm the brain that that capacity is reduced and so my colleagues for generations of lobotomized people, electroshock people and drug people, uh, without ever admitting that the common effect is to reduce the humanity of the person. So huh, you could see then why someone would become very violent because now all of a sudden they have no empathy for anyone then. That is one of the things that happens to people. People are variable, you know, you know that. Their personalities are different. And so the disturbance caused by the drug varies from just a, a mild uh, quieting effect in some people and other people it unleashes uh, mechanisms that usually keep us from being violent toward other people. But uh, in particular, the antidepressant drugs and the stimulants, and this is in their... Uh, FDA-approved descriptions will cause people, make them more irritable, more anxious, more hostile, more aggressive, more and uh, for many of these drugs admittedly make people violent and psychotic. What, um, what about what about all the kids that were put on for ADHD that were put on Ritalin? And I don't know if Ritalin's even used anymore. I know they used to is. call it the at one time they used to call it the poor man's cocaine. That some the older kids would crush it up and snort it. That's right. Uh, but it, Adderall, is that another one that's used now today? Yeah, they, the, yes, and they're all related to cocaine. I mean, if you look in a, a textbook, Ritalin, as you mentioned, which is methylphenidate, and there are various kinds of that, Adderall, which is uh, amphetamine, and methamphetamine and cocaine, they're all stimulants. They all make people uh, less caring, less empathic, less involved, less engaged with other human beings. So this rambunctious kid in class who maybe is poking Janie or talking with his friends, he actually loses his social interest. This is a disaster. You don't want children growing up like that. 
And, you know, we have studies that were done by the people who did the initial Ritalin work way back in the 70s on Long Island. The kids were so normal that none of their parents thought there was anything wrong with them. Their teachers, under a federal grant, um, told the clinic. They referred the kids to clinic because they had inattention at school. That's something that all of us have had at various times and various degrees. God knows. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm going to make a confession. I can remember learning to look at my teachers like I was interested and caring in elementary and high school while I thought about all these interesting things that I found far more fascinating <laughs> in my head. Well, what do you say <laughs> to those kids and I oh let me say let me let me quickly follow up there have been studies of what has happened to these essentially normal kids they were normal kids given small doses of Ritalin the follow-ups are horrendous not because the children were on Ritalin but because Ritalin led to the antidepressants because they would get depressed on Ritalin or to uh, sedatives because they would uh, be unable to sleep on the, on the Ritalin sometimes to antipsychotic drugs because they would get disturbed. And a statistically very significant group at age 40, they hadn't had any of the stimulants in years, but they had become career mental patients. And they had more hospitalizations, more criminality, more death, more psychiatric drugs, more obesity. Um, it was a disaster, but the profession is not guided by science. So several articles like this that I, you know, I published in my books and analyzed and, and scientific articles, uh, you know, I published more than 20, 20 medical and scientific articles and I don't know, 60 or more scientific papers. And I published this stuff, but the profession doesn't pay attention. The lawyers do, the parents do, some psychologists do, but the medical people, my psychiatric colleagues pay virtually no attention to the harm they do. Let me it's, ask you, what, you, you've written several New York Times bestsellers. What, what is your, if someone wanted to go buy your best-selling book on this topic, Psychotropic Drugs and the Kids, what would that book be? Uh, I think the the, uh, the best and the, one of the newest is Medication Madness. It goes into some of the stories I was telling today um, about, about the um, mass murders, but it also gets into all the general backgrounds written for the public. Medication Madness, it's a paperback, and it has a chapter at the end on how to come off psychiatric drugs. And your practice so, has largely been about helping people decrease their doses, right? Oh, no, stop them. Stop oh, them. you do? Can, well, can you do that? I mean, if you don't, but if you don't do it in the right way, in the right time, they'll have a psychotic episode, right? Well, they can get very disturbed because, you see, the brain doesn't like the drugs. So the brain's been working so hard to get rid of the drugs and stop the drug effects. Just like if you're an alcoholic, the brain is fighting it all the time. You take away the alcohol, the brain starts fighting and has DTs. So you can get withdrawal effects. And uh, But generally speaking, uh, you know, if people are on one or two drugs and, and they're doing pretty well, they can they can easily come off the drugs over a period of time. And that's um, what and your practice can, has been, is helping to reduce... That's part of it. I do psychotherapy. Just reducing yeah. reducing the the dosage mm -hmm. o over time until they're all way off of it. Yeah, that's a, that has been a significant part, portion of my practice. 
but I, basically I do psychotherapy. I'm a psychiatrist, but I treat people by helping them and their families grow and get stronger. So what you, when, when, by that you say, look, let's not mask the issue. Let's get to the root of the issue. What is your issue? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it, you know, what you're trying to get to the root of why they're having the problem instead of medicating it and masking it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And I think this will be very interesting to you. I'm Jewish. My wife is Christian. But as I've been working more and more in this movement, <clears throat> more and more of the people who are coming to me are people in the freedom movement who are religious Christians. And I'm able to help them see how the uh, principles that Jesus taught uh, about love and caring and, and uh, you know, we should love one another and love God, that these principles that the marriage is to be a treasure, that love is a treasuring of human beings, that I work a lot with the spiritual principles, helping families and, and couples love one another better and have better lives. That's wow. the most fun. Wow. Folks, I hope you'll check out his website. We are the prey.com for that one. But do you have another website? Don't you have another website with all this stuff we've been talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. The web main website is bregan.com, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. To follow our work, get our free Bregan alerts. They are amazing. We have our own TV on... Um, uh, <laughs> Brighteon, YouTube, Rumble. On, on, on Brighteon. Brighteon. So uh, yes. you'll find it but all I also Bregan. Appear on, I appear on uh, Lindell TV yeah, twice, here as twice well. a month. Yep, on, he's uh, here too. B-R-E-G-G-I-N, B-R-E-G-G-I-N, Bregan.com as well. Dr. Bregan, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you, guys. Wonderful to see you. You too. We'll get you back on. That's the Lindell Report. Brandon House in for Mike Lindell. Remember to support his work by going to uh, MyPillow.com using the promo code L77. Thank you so much for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.